This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Morning everyone. <clears throat> so now holding in Chodesh Elul, and we're also at the beginning of the school year. And both of these two factors have something in common, and they're the beginning. Chodesh Elul, of course, is the month that we prepare for the entire year. And it's probably the first week of school here. And before you do something, even before you start doing it, you always have to prepare for what you're doing. In a certain respect, preparation is even more important than doing a mitzvah itself. I'll give you an example. We say that the first day of Sukkot is Rishon L'Cheshboi Navainais, which means... The first opportunity we have to do an Avera, after Rosh Hashanah and Aseris, you made Shuva, and Yom Kippur, and preparing for Sukkot, is the first day of Sukkot. Sukkot is called Rishain Lechezboin Avonis, which the Medr says, it's the first time in the year you have a chance to do an Avera. So the Taz, the Taz asks, what do you mean it's the first chance? Why can't you do an Avera in the days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot? Because you're preparing to build the Sukkah, and you're preparing to take the Dal and Minim? So certainly you shouldn't be able to do an Avera on Sukkot when you're actually sitting in the Sukkah and shaking the Dal and Minim. If preparing to do a mitzvah is going to stop you from doing an Avera, then actually doing the mitzvah should certainly stop you from doing an Avera. No, says the no. Preparing to do a mitzvah is more encompassing, is more immersive, is going to occupy your neshama more than actually doing a mitzvah. In a certain respect, preparation is always more important than the mitzvah itself. So this is the time of the year we have to prepare ourselves for the rest of the year and for the, for the rest of our school year. How do we prepare ourselves? Yaakov Avinu spent 22 years in the house of his father-in-law Lavan. And when he went there, he went all by himself. He wasn't married yet. He didn't have any children. And on his way back 22 years later, he has four wives. Rachel, Leah, Bila, Zilpah. He has 11 children. And Esau finds out about it. And Esau's coming with 400 men to annihilate Yaakov of Esai, and the Pasuk says at the end of Parshas Vayetzeh, and I tell you the truth, right now I cannot see a thing. I mamish can't see anything. They took me, yesterday I spoke in San Diego, so they took me somewhere. Vayiman Hashem Ruach Gedoyla. And a wind came and took my glasses, and they're now in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. So I think I'm speaking to a girl's school, but I, I mamish have no idea. <laughs> I can't see. I have notes, it's not going to help me. So, Hashem should give siyat to the Shemaya. But the, the last passing in Parshas Vayetze says, Vayhi ka'asharam, and when Yaakov Avinu saw the place, Vayikro Shemayi machanoyim, he called the place machanoyim. Two camps. Says Rashi, what are the two camps? Two camps of Malachi Asharis. What are the two camps of Malachi Asharis? One machaneh of Malachi Asharis from Chutz Oretz that was escorting Yaakov Avinu from the house of love unto Eretz Yisrael. 
and another camp of Malachim from Eretz Yisrael that was coming to greet Yaakov Avinu. So Yaakov Avinu sees two camps of Malachim. You see, there are different kinds of Malachim. There are all kinds of Malachim, by the way. There are all kinds of Malachim. For example, you know, the reason why we say Pesukei de Zimra in the morning, the Mishnah Brewer brings, it's really, it's from, uh, say, from Matei Moshe and the Sharei Oira, that when you daven, you're sending something up to Shamayim. And in the airspace, they're Malachi Asharis. And the Malachi Asharis, if they don't like the tefillah, they're going to shoot the tefillah down. They're going to shoot a missile at the tefillah. So you got to cut down those Malachim. So the Mishnah brings, you say, Pesuke de Zimra versus Psukim of pruning, of cutting them down. Different kinds of Malachim. Some are, you have good Malachim, bad Malachim. In fact, you know, Friday night, Mirag Yisrael, even though Chassam Soifer did not say Shalom Aleichem, but uh, today everyone sings Shalom Aleichem. So there's a big hash on Shalom Aleichem. You start off Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem, how you doing, Malach? Come, come inside my house. And then imagine if you, imagine like, here, I'm a guest, I'm from New York. So imagine you bring me into, what is it, Beshak of Los Angeles? Yeah. Oh, Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Glassian, and after two minutes, okay, please leave now. That would not be uh, hospitality, especially at Bersin's my cousin, my, my uh, wife's first cousin's wife's father. So we're very closely related, right? So it wouldn't be nice. At least give me a couple minutes here, over here. So here the Malachim come to our house. They say, Shalom, we say, Shalom Aleichem. They say, Tzitzchem L'Shalom, please get lost as soon as you can. Well, what's going on over here? That, that's Achnos Asorchem. Welcome. Now, you know, take a hike. So the Avnezer says there are different kinds of malachim. They're malachim of weekday and they're malachim of Shabbos. So shalom aleichem to the Shabbos malachim. Seischem the shalom to the weekday malachim. So too Rashi says there are different kinds of malachim. They're malachim of Chutzaret and they're malachim of Eretz Yisrael. So Yaakov Inu is being accompanied by the malachim of Chutzaret and then the malachim of Eretz Yisrael are coming out to greet Yaakov Avinu. That's Rashi. Comes the Ramban, and the Ramban asks one simple kasha on Rashi. Yaakov's going to Eretz Yisrael? Where's Yaakov located now? In the next parsha, he forgot the Pachim Ketanim. So he crosses the river. Anyone remember the name of the river? Ma'avar? Yaboik. Yabar Yaboik is before Amoin, which is before Moyav, which is before Edoim which is nowhere near Eretz Yisrael. So how can Rashi say that Yaakov Inu, as he's about to go to Eretz Yisrael, the Malachim of Eretz Yisrael are coming out to greet him, Yaakov Inu is nowhere near Eretz Yisrael. That's Ramban's question. Comes the Maral and Gorari Maral says a very important principle. The Maral says that in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the eyes of the Torah, Hashem never judges a person by where they are. Hashem always judges a person where they're headed, where they're going. And Yaakov Avinu changed his direction and he was headed toward Eretz Yisrael. And once you're headed somewhere, Be'ene Hashem, you're there. You're not where you are, you are where you're going. And therefore Yaakov Avinu was going to Eretz Yisrael, it's like he's in Eretz Yisrael. And that's a very important limud. That's a very important for us to know. Because when it comes to learning Torah, when it comes to Avodah Hashem, it's not about 
how much I know today. It's not about what my tefillah is today. It's not about what my Yerushalayim and Midas are today. It's what's my direction? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? You know, if a person says, yeah, I'm, I'm top of the class. I already know the, the teacher could teach the Chumash. I know it the best in the class. So I could really take it easy a little bit because I'm far ahead of anybody else anyway. So if you're headed down, then in the eyes of Hashem, you're ready where you're headed. But even if you're the weakest in the class, but if you have a rot sign, you want to improve your connection to Torah, you want to improve your Midas, you want to elevate your Yerushamayim, even if you're not holding there yet, if that's where you want to go, if that's the direction you're taking, then you're there. Rebbein Shalom doesn't judge a person where they are, but where they're headed. So in Slabotka they would say as follows. Right, Bursin mentioned that he uh, has a connection to Rav Henach Libowitz, I learned for many years in Yeshiva Chafetz Chaim, I learned by Rav Henach Libowitz, whose father, Rav David, was a Talmud of the Altar of Slabotka. Many, many of the Yeshivas today are considered offshoots of Slabotka, be it Chaim Berlin, be it Ner Yisrael, even Lakewood. The Altar of Slabotka you know, would, you'd say the Chafetz Chaim would write Svarim, and the altar specialty was he was able to create G'day Yisrael. So the altar of Sabotka had a very interesting and very powerful observation. What time in Los Angeles is Shkia Sachama these days? 7.08, something like that? Something like that, 7.08. You know, Shkia Sachama, if you go outside, look outside, it's bright outside. It's day outside. It's just as bright as practically 1, a. 1 p.m. And yet in Halacha, Shkiyas HaChama, in certain regards, is considered Laila. Okay, the Mishnah is recommends that somebody dive in Mincha before Shkia, because according to many Paiskim, once sunset comes, it's already Laila. It's Laila, it's night. Why is it night? It's it's blazing hot outside. The sun is shining bright. And then, there's something called Alois HaShachar. Alois HaShachar is dawn. Go outside in dawn. What does it look like? It's pitch black. You can't see someone in front of your nose. There could be somebody, two Amis in front of you. You don't know if it's white or if it's blue. You can't see a thing. And in Halacha, it's Yoim. And if you said Halel, but the Eved, you're And if you daven... Certain tefillahs for the Eved Yoyotze. And if you took a little Vanessa for the Eved Yoyotze, I don't understand. Shkia Sachama, it's day. No, in Halacha it's night. Aloy Sashachar, it looks like it's night. No, in Halacha it's day. Why would that be? It says the altar of Slabotka, because in Halacha, the Yibam Shalom does not view something based on the way it looks now, but based on where it's headed. And if in the morning, even though it's black outside, it's dark outside, but it's going to become light, it's considered yoyim. And if later in the afternoon, even though it's night outside, it's dark outside, I'm sorry, it's light outside, but it's becoming dark and the sun is setting, it's considered night. So we're in the month of Elul now. We're in the beginning of the year. It doesn't matter what you got on your test. It doesn't matter where you're ranked. The question is, where are you headed? What do you want to be? What's your goal? What's your ambition? What's your desire? That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu views us. That's what the Yibam Shalom wants from us in the beginning of something. We have to establish, where are we headed? What's our direction? In Megillus Esther, Esther tells Mordechai, okay, here's the plan. 
We're going to fast for three days. Gama Nivanarasayatsum came to fast for three days, and we're going to be Mispalel, and hopefully our Tfila should be Niskabel. And the Pasuk says, Vayava or Mordechai, Mordechai crossed. Sigmar asks, What did he cross? Amar Shmuel, Orkamadamaya, he crossed the stream. So Mordechai was in Shushan Abira, which is the capital part of Shushan, and he went into the bigger city, uh, regular Shushan, and in order to do so, he took a step over a stream. Who cares? Who cares? Why is the Megillah reporting to us that Mordechai took a step over the stream? It's irrelevant. It matters to the Purim story that Mordechai stepped over the stream. This is the Kash of Rav Shlomo Al-Kabetz, the Manus Alevi. Listen to what he says. Says of Shalman Kabbetz. Yeah, we care. It's very important. Because if there was no stream there, Mordechai would not have had a step over it. But now that there's a stream there, Hashem wants to show that every little, tiny, small, minuscule effort that Mordechai made to save Klal Yisrael is remembered, is important, is eternalized, is never forgotten, is chashuv ve'enei Hashem. That's a very important limud. That every small thing we do, it makes a very big difference in the eyes of Hashem. Every machshava toiva, every dibur toiva, every hanhaga toiva, nothing is lost, nothing is forgotten. There's no, there's no such thing. No, Hashem is only worried about big things, important things. Every little thing counts. Now I want to share with you an idea. I think the first part of it is pretty well known, but how it applies to us, I think, will be very powerful. We know there's a mitzvah of levaya. So if you have a guest, give the guest food. You give the guest a drink, and you escort the guest out of the house, preferably not after like the first two minutes. You let them stay a little bit, yeah? Achila shasia levaya. How much you have to escort a guest? Minimum, four amais. Four amais. In fact, in last week's parasha, parasha Shoftim, we have the subject of the Egla Rufa. So if there's a dead body found in between two cities, so we're going to measure it to the closest city, and whichever city is the closest city, we're going to hold the Sanhedrin, the elders of that city, responsible for the dead body. And they're going to have to declare that it's not their fault. Why? Because... Look, we did whatever we needed to do. What was it that they needed to do? They're going to say, We escorted this body, we escorted this individual out of the city, so we're not responsible for any harm that happened to him. You see, there's a halacha. That when someone comes to the city, there's a kenim need to escort them out of the city. How much? Also, daladamais. And if they do escort him daladamais, that would protect him. And if something happens to him, it's not their fault. But if they didn't escort the, the, the person, it's their fault that something happened to the person. So the Marsha. By the way, the Marsha was one of the most important commentaries on the Gemara. Chazoinish writes in the first letter that it's, it's painful that today, and those who learn Gemara and Toysis, they jump to, to let's say, more contemporary Rashi Yeshiva without learning the Marsha. Marsha lived from 
1555 to 1613. A very interesting story. The Marshal's name was Rabbi Shmuel Edels. And Edels wasn't really his last name. Edels was his mother-in-law's name, Edel. Because she was a very wealthy woman. And she supported the Marshal for two years. So you see, <laughs> so look at the Kayach of Aisha Tzidkaniah. Look at her righteousness. That she is eternalized in the Shas, because she supported Torah, and now Klal Yisrael has the Marsha, because of the Marsha's mother-in-law. The Marsha asks, how does walking somebody four cubits protect them? Imagine, you know, in New York, you have a neighborhood in Harlem. You know about Harlem? You should, it's a, not a good place to walk by yourself, especially at night. If you walk there by yourself at night, you ain't coming out. I'm sure there are some Mekayimahs around here also. So imagine a guy, uh, he said, okay, bye Sanhedrin, I'm going. Where are you going? Ah, I'm walking through, I'm going to walk through East Jerusalem. I'm going to walk through Shechem. No, don't worry, you walk me Dalet Amos. And if you walk me Dalet Amos, I won't be harmed on the whole trip. I mean, Mashas, what is walking somebody Dalet Amos going to do? Fine, you walk them to you know, a few, a few feet. Very nice. But then they have to travel f- through enemy terrorist territory. How is accompanying somebody for Amos going to protect somebody? Listen very carefully. Says the Marsha, if you walk someone Dalit Amos, what are you showing? You're showing you want to protect the person. So why don't you, why don't you walk him the whole way? You, can't, you have a life. You have a job. <laughs> you can't spend three hours walking him home. But at least by walking him Dalit Amis, you're showing what? I want to protect the person. Ah, the Rebani Shalom says, you want to protect the person? You have a Ratzoyin to protect the person? Ratzoyin Yereyav Ya'aseh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. So because you showed that you want to protect the person, the Rebani Shalom is going to fulfill that and protect the person. Wow. Think about it. Did the person do anything? He only did a very, very small thing. He walked Dalet Amos. But when you do a small act, and you do a small Misa, and you show the Rebunisham what you want, the Rebunisham says, do you want to do that? Then I'm going to take you the rest of the way. I'm going to accomplish the whole thing. That has a very powerful and compelling impact in what happens in the world. You know, there's a big question. During Asar Simei Tshuva, there's an Indian that we take on certain Chumrois that we don't necessarily continue to observe the rest of the year. So, during uh, the week, we're not necessarily makbid on Pasakum. You know, in, in New York, they have um, Arnold's bread. So it has a, it has a hechsher. Some people are makbid on Pas Yisrael the whole year. But it's not. It's a Chumrah. It's a Chumrah. Many people are not makbid the whole year. But during Yasser Simei Tshuva, you're makbid on Pas Yisra. The question is, what does that do? What does that accomplish? Imagine you're saying, Hashem, okay, I'm going to be good now for seven days. And after that, I have no plans on continuing it. So what kind of, what kind of uh, tshuva is that? What does that accomplish? Does that have any meaning? And there are a lot of things we do during Yasser Simei Tshuva that... We only take it on for Aserah Simei Tshuva, and it's not, we're not even, 
We're not trying to fool it. We're, we're saying straight up, we have no plans on continuing it for the rest of the year. What's the purpose of that? What's the point of that? And I think the good, a good analogy would be the Dalit Amois of somebody accompanying their guest. They're saying, I can't walk you all the way there. I can't accompany all, you all the way. But what I could do is, I could do a small act to show you what my Ratzayin is. And when the Rebunisham sees somebody doing something small, coming one minute earlier to the tefillah, being careful about Lashon Hara, one extra meal a week. It's not a matter of that meal or that minute. It's a maisa that you do to show the Rebunisham what your Ratzayin is. You know, when I was a Bachar, I grew up in uh, Flatbush. Flatbush is in a planet called New York. You know where New York is? It's, it's part of the same galaxy as Los Angeles. And I lived on Avenue M and East 31st Street. And Rebunisham put a very good idea in my head. I used to walk as a Bachar to Ocean Parkway, about 45 minutes to here. Harava Vigdor Miller, Zechetzak Lavracha. That was a very big zechus. I had to to hear him for three years. And there are many amazing things that I heard from Rav Miller. And Rav Miller used to talk about what Slabotka was like in the 1930s. Rav Miller used to talk about his Rabbeim in Slabotka, Rav Avram Grzynski, Rav Isaac Sher. And Rav Miller used to talk about the power of doing one small thing to demonstrate what your Ratzin is, to, to show what your Ratzin is. That when you do even one small act, then Yibam Shalom says, okay, you're already a head taller than somebody else. And that makes a very big difference in, in terms of how a person is viewed. So Ratzin has a very big effect. In fact, one time the Alt of Sabarka, and the Rav Miller would always say this, the Alt of Sabarka was once looking out the window, and he would always give people brachas. He would always say, have a good day, have a good morning, you should be matzliach. And one time, one of the tamidim saw the Atar Sabatka was looking out the window, and he was saying, Yankul, have a good day, have a good morning, you should be matzliach. And the bacha looked out the window, and Yankul wasn't there. And he was a little hesitant, he was a little shy. And he said, Rebbe, who are you talking to? So the author said, I'm talking to myself. Why are you talking to yourself? What? I should only tell Yankul that I have a Ratzoin that you should be Matzliach when he could hear me? Why shouldn't I have Ratzoin all the time that my friend should be Matzliach? Ratzoin is very important. What you want is very important. So we're learning today is that even before you start your classes, and you start the shiurim. And you start learning. There are things that you need to do before anything. Number one, you have to know what direction you're headed in. Where am I headed? What do I want to be? What's my goal? I want to be a Bas Yisrael. I want to be Givnachas to I want to be someone who could continue on the Messiah of Klal Yisrael. That's the first thing you have to have in mind. And then after that, engender the Ratzayin, the desire to learn, the desire to grow in Ruchnis, the desire to have your Shamayim. 
And even if you do one small thing, you say, okay, this year, I'm going to try to write down something that inspired me. Every day, maybe even if I'm not writing everything down, I'm going to write down one extra thing. Or I'm going to say it over on Shabbos. Why? Just to show the Rebbe Hashem that this is what I really want. That will completely transform us. That will completely elevate us. And Be'ezra Hashem, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help, my humble bracha to all of the Talmidais, is that you should have tremendous Hatzlacha in all of your endeavors. You should have a year of Gezint and Hatzlacha and uh, success. Yimali Hashem Komeshalois, Libchen Latoiva, Agut Gezint Yar, Ksivach Thank you very much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.